Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today, and don't forget to subscribe to the show. Now let's get into episode 20 with Robin McKelvey. Another thing I think that we get into trouble with is we allow our kids, because they're so cute, (laughs) you know, I mean, we allow them to interrupt us, to interrupt daddy, to interrupt. And so what we're saying is, sorry, baby, that baby over here, my child is more important and actually cuter than you. Robin, I'm so excited to have you speak on this subject. I feel like kids change our life as parents and as individuals in so many ways. So today we're going to talk about how sexual intimacy in marriage affects your children. Robin McKelvey has devoted her life to the care and building up of others. In her home, in the church, her husband is a pastor and through years of speaking for Family Life Weekend to Remember conferences. Recently, the keynote speakers at the Revive Our Hearts and True Women and at countless women retreats and events. Robin has written SOS, Sick of Sex, and the devotional book, Say It Loud, Becoming Your Husband's Personal Cheerleader. Robin and her husband, Ray, are parents of 17 children, seven in heaven, and 10 amazing souls here on earth. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood podcast, Robin. It's so good to have you on the show. Uh, Sharon, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about sex. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It's a subject matter that we don't really talk about. Now, you know, as parents, we begin to make a lot of sacrifices, but sexual intimacy in marriage also plays such an important role. And that's obviously a subject matter that we cannot sacrifice as a wife, as a woman to our husband. How do you think sexual intimacy in marriage affects our children? Let me take you back about 14 years. Yeah. Um, when I had um, these young women that I was uh, mentoring and, and leading through this, to, this conference that we were having in our church, and a couple of ladies came up to me and they're like, what do you mean you love sex? I hate sex. And these were young women, I mean, married maybe three, four years, not a long time. And I was startled by that because I felt like the enemy had come in and robbed these ladies of some things, and they didn't even realize they had been stolen from. Mm. And so I wrote this book, and it took me a long time to write it because I'm also a homeschool mom. Mm-hmm. So we graduated eight of our kids from homeschool, and the last two are in a, in a private Christian school. But I, I felt like this was something that needed to get out because I don't think we really understand God's reason for creating not only intimacy, but sexual intimacy. Mm. I mean, this sexual intimacy is the, is the most intimate, committed thing that can happen to a husband and a wife. And, and I'm saying that can happen in marriage because right. God created it for marriage. Right. But I think a lot of times We've taken intimacy and especially sexual intimacy, and we've taken the world's view of what sexual intimacy is. And we think that it's something that can be used for our benefit. It can be used for, you know, if I'm mad at you, like almost like a worrying tool. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And we've taken that and then we decide that I don't like this because we don't think sexual intimacy is important. 
But sexual intimacy is nothing but an outpouring of what intimate relationship a husband and wife has for one another. That is the reason why sexual intimacy is important and affects our children, mm. because it's a direct correlation between the intimacy and the and the um, commitment and the connectedness that you have with your husband. And so that is the foundation that our kids' lives are built on. And so with a, with a husband and a wife that has this special connectedness and they feel like they're a team in raising a godly seed for their for the Lord, then then we can understand why sexual intimacy is important. It's an outpouring of this thing that God is, in mm-hmm. essence, is allowing us to experience this side of heaven a little bit of all that we're going to experience with yeah. him. And we're going to know him in such an intimate way that this is something that you would say, wow, if I truly understand sexual intimacy, then I'm going to understand the kind of intimacy, this personal, he knows me inside and out mm-hmm. love that I'm going to have even with the Lord. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, sexual intimacy is such a, I think it's such a beautiful thing between a husband and a wife. And oftentimes as moms, when you you get busy with the mundane, you know, the day to day and everything. And, but yet as a wife, we still have to reserve some time for sexual intimacy with our husbands, right? So let's talk about reserving time for our husbands as we raise our children. We're doing everything. Like you said, you're a homeschool mom as well. I'm sure you're exhausted by the end of the day. Where do you find the energy? (laughs) Well, let me go back, Sharon. Ray and I have been married over 32 years now. Right. But praise we, the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But we have, we've had 10 children. And so mm-hmm. um, eight, eight of my kids are graduated and gone on and finished college, those that went. And so I have still two at home. But this is something that I got to give my husband's props for this because he thought of this and established it in my house. And I need to share it with every woman out there that has young kids. It is important that your kids have an early to bedtime mm-hmm. and a later wake up time. Now, now listen, see, I knew you'd laugh at that because I think sometimes, you know, the kids are the ones waking us up because kids are early to rise, early to bed, early to rise. But one of the things that my husband established is he would say, you can't come out of your room until the music plays. Right. So every morning, and I mean, we had kids in cribs. My kids are three, two, one, and new. That's how I started this thing. Four kids, three and a half years. Yes. But anyway, they knew that when the music started, it was like party time. That door would swing open, but they could not come out until the music played. And then it would be time to party. I mean, it was like the music made you want to dance. So we would all come out and be dancing because it was another morning. Right. But it gave me time. Now, I may not have had an hour or more to, to be on my knees and talk to the Lord, mm-hmm. but it gave me time to address and come before the Lord. Mm-hmm. and have some time to pray. Mm-hmm. And it also gave me time to address and talk and have conversation with my husband uninterrupted. So um, one of the things that I think is so important is that you have to remember that your kids 
are not your spouse. Mm-hmm. And so kids need, need. I mean, if you went to a pediatrician, they would tell you that a certain age of kids needs at least 10 to 12 hours of sleep or rest. Mm-hmm. Now, you may get that during nap time or you may get it all at night, but they need that time. But a lot of the times we as Americans, you know, we're like, um, well, I'm going to let my kids establish when they go to bed, you know? Right, right. And kids don't ever want to go to bed. You yeah, know, that's, exactly. They don't want to miss out. And we, we have to establish the discipline. That's what we have to do. Right. That's what we get the privilege of doing for the sake of the kids mm-hmm. so that they grow up healthy and strong. And so we need to establish these disciplines in our kids' lives so that our kids are healthy and strong and that you are a sane mommy. Right. Because both of us are burning the candles at both ends because (laughs) we're trying to be all that we can be for the kids. And a lot of times our husbands get pushed to the back burner because we think he's a grown man. He can take care of himself. Mm -hmm. But you have to make sure that you reserve some time for yourself, for the one you said I do to and the one you said till death do we part. Because I think ultimately this marathon called marriage is something that in the end, we want to make sure that God has been glorified in it. Amen. So in doing that, that means that there's going to be some things that we have to do. One of the things I used to do with my kids, and I I did this up till some of my kids were 15, 16 Mm -hmm. years old. I had a a quiet time in the house a couple of hours every day. Mm -hmm. Think about that. We're a homeschool family. So you get up and you get breakfast and you start school. But my age is, my oldest now is 31 and my youngest is 12. So I had a range of ages. So think of those, the babies and some of the little ones still needed a nap. So I made that time to be nap or quiet time for everybody. That means have a nice quiet reading corner. Right. And have some books in your homes that kids can grab and be entertained with. They don't have to always be entertained with the screen. Mm-hmm. There are books that are out there that are exciting. Let your kids read those books and, and establish that quiet time because that even is getting our kids to have a discipline that they will need into adulthood. Right. And I so agree with, you know, my daughter, she's she's still she's young, she's two and a half. She goes to bed seven, seven thirty. And and we've always had that regimen, that routine with her. She, you know, when she was younger, she would go to bed at six thirty. And so in the beginning, my husband weren't used to it. Like, you know, oh no, we got to be home. But he loves it now because she goes to bed early and we have our time together as for ourselves as individual, as well as ourselves together. And so from like 7.30 on, we have that time that we can decompress as a couple you That's know, right. and we can just decompress as a mom. Sometimes it's like, as a mom, I feel like I my my work is done. I don't want to do anything else. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, and, and can I just exhort you as an older woman? Yes, please. Don't squander that time. Mm. See, sometimes we're so exhausted because we've run all day long. So do you understand my reasoning for having that quiet time? Yes. Because even if I chose, I could lay down and rest for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, just so that I had the energy 
to have interaction with my husband in the evening. Right. You know, you can give all your energy away. And I think sometimes when we are, have younger kids, we feel like, oh, I need to do this and I need to do that. And I need to, you know, do this and I need to accomplish this so that it's well established by the time my kids are a certain age. But one of the things that we forgot is priority. Mm. And if you don't understand that God has called you to do some things, then James chapter one, verse five says, if any man lacks wisdom, Mm -hmm. let him ask of the Lord who gives to the, you know. And so if you don't know what you're supposed to have on your plate, then you need to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you have on my plate for your purposes? Right. And then, Lord, how much stuff have I dumped on my own plate? Right. And I keep going back for seconds getting more stuff dumped Mm -hmm. on my plate. We need wisdom from above, from God, that would say, these are the things I've called you to because I have a purpose. Now, that purpose may not be right now, but God Mm -hmm. is allowing you to establish some things in Him, even while your kids are young, because He has a purpose for it later on. Right. But in in this American fashion, we want it all now. Yeah. What can I get? Get all the gusto you can is when somebody's branding, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but we can't get all the gusto and do it where God is the one that's honored in the end because you burn out. We hear about burnouts of pastors and other and teachers and all of that. That's because we forgot that this is a marathon. Mm-hmm. And it's not a sprint. And so even when it comes to sexual intimacy, a lot of times we're like, get it all while you can get it. And we're so involved. There's there's some book, I don't even remember, but I know that my sister did this at one time, where there was a period of like 30 days where you were supposed to have sex every night for 30 days. Oh, wow. And I'm like, did they realize that there's some stuff that goes on in those 30 days that maybe you might be totally exhausted, you know? Yeah, because life hits you, and right. if you have an obligation, sexual intimacy, and you've taken what God's created for, He's created it to formulate intimacy in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And if the obligation, then you have sex. I hate to use this, but people say it all the time. But you know, we don't say it in the Christian, but it's wham, blam, thank you, ma'am. You know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. No, no, that's right. not what. That's self-centered intimacy. Right. That, let me have sex to satisfy me. But God's way of intimacy is to consider the other person. Amen. You know, to put the other person ahead of yourself. And that this is something that builds intimacy for you guys as a couple. So you're not selfish in any way, shape, form, or fashion when it comes to this thing called sexual intimacy. Mm. And it's such a beautiful thing too, you know, when, like you said, it's not an obligation. You're having sexual intimacy with your husband because you love him. Because ultimately, biblically, I guess, God first, then your husband, and then your children, right? We have to still take care of our husband first and put him first. If he... If he is taken care of, we know that ultimately everything will be taken care of. And the beauty of if your husband feels like you guys are a team and that you're taking care of each other, then he will help with the kids. He will help with the dinner. dinner. He will help get the dishes done. You know, there's much help that we don't realize are in mm. the hands of our husbands because we've, we've got this, I got it all covered. Right. So, so let me handle this. And then I wiped out and I don't have any time for you. Right. And and what you're saying f- to your husband is you're not priority. And and we've got to get to the place where we say to him mm. no matter what's going on 
in our life. God has given you as a gift to me. Mm-hmm. You are a personal gift God has given to me, and I totally receive you as God's gift. And because of that, I'm going to care for you well, because Amen. you're God's gift. And guess what? You present this gift back to the Lord. Right. So care for him well. And and remember, God is in, he's, he's a big God. There is nothing that's impossible with him. So your kids will be taken care of mm-hmm. because it's not just taken care of by one. It's taken care of by the family unit, which is your mm-hmm. husband. And Amen. You. Yeah. So good. Um, you know, do you think that sexual intimacy is ultimate? Um, now you're going to, I wrote the book. <laughs> <laughs> But let me tell you, sexual intimacy is just an end result of this intimacy that you have with your spouse. Mm-hmm. So is, is sexual intimacy ultimate? No, because there will be one day that sexual intimacy may not be a part of your lives mm-hmm. if you guys get to live to celebrate 50 years of marriage or 60 years of marriage. It may not be a part of your lives. But Did you establish intimacy during that time so that you love each other so well that you may not have any sex in your marriage, but you got intimacy? You know this man through and through. And and just holding the hand may be all that you can do at that time, but you've established intimacy in such a way that you want him to be with you and you want to both die at the same time, you know, because you don't want to live without him. Right. <laughs> but anyway, no, sexual intimacy is not ultimate, but intimacy is ultimate because this is the it's the privilege that we get to really display to a to a lost world the kind of intimacy that we can have with our father in heaven. Mm, amen. And so so just like so just like I'm getting to know um God, what am I gonna do? I'm going to talk to him. That's called prayer. I'm going to get in his word and seek him because I want to know him. I want to know his character. And so in the same way, I want to do that same thing with my husband because I get to know him by talking to him. I get to have intimacy with him with our own little private moments Mm -hmm. and fun that, you know, some people don't like PDA, but I'm sorry. I'm going to kiss Ray (laughs) McKelvey when I want to kiss him. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, uh, but it's, I'm getting to know him. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to know what makes him. What are the things that make him tick? What are the things that bring him life? Mm-hmm. What are the things that cause him death? What are the things that I may be saying, even with my tongue? Because death and life are in the tongue. Amen. That may cause him death. And what are the things that may bring him life? And so it's very important that in the same way that you get the privilege of knowing the Lord, the Lord has allowed us to have this intimate relationship with one man, if you're married, you know, on earth, so that you get to know him in a way nobody else gets to know him. Amen. And that's that same intimacy that we can have with the Father in yeah, heaven. I, I love that. You know, obviously, you know, we we both know, and I'm sure a lot of moms know that too, that there is a difference between sexual intimacy and intimacy. And being intimate with your husband does not necessarily mean that you need to have sexual relations all the time. And so with that intimacy, I would say also affection with your husband, how does that 
help our children? Well, when you have the right kind of intimacy, you know, when you are establishing an intimacy where this person knows that you got his back, you know, um, or, or that you know that no matter what, he's got my back. Um, it's, it's, it's something where you become this team of two mm-hmm. and you are just, um, think about it twice, twice as powerful, twice as, as loving, twice as committed, mm. and, and twice the parenting that your children get. Amen. So, so as a result of the intimacy that you're growing with him, your kids, your children get a double dose of what they would have gotten if you didn't have that established right. or establishing intimacy with him. Right. You get a double dose of what who God is because sometimes moms, um, you know, they, they register a grace and sometimes dads register law or vice versa. But you get a double dose of that because both parents are parenting, mm-hmm. not just one. And so in essence, now this is something nobody wants me to say, especially my brothers out there. But in essence, he will even say, what can I put on the back burner, Lord? Mm. So that I can establish establish a great relationship with my children. Mm-hmm. Even the husband gets the privilege of saying, "There are some things I have to die to." He may be the best youth leader that a church could ever ever have. Yeah, but is he supposed to be that youth leader? the best one that a church can ever have right. or will he just allow, you know, during the time that he's raising small children or in the teenage years, or does he have to trust God? Like he's never trusted him before mm-hmm. to fill the gaps that he's not able to do because he would rather be at the end of his life, a godly dad that was present than one that was not. Mm, amen. If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe to the show and write us a review. I'd really appreciate it. Now, Robin, what are some ways would you suggest to establish a healthy sexual life within marriage? Okay, let's go back to putting those kids down. Another thing I think that we get into trouble with is we allow our kids, because they're so cute, <laughs> You know, I mean, we allow them to interrupt us, to interrupt daddy, right. to interrupt. And so what we're saying is, sorry, baby, that baby over here, my child is more important and actually cuter than you. And what we're not doing is we're not teaching our kids how to live as adults. Right. They need to know some manners. They need mm-hmm. to know that I just can't interrupt. And we need to be the ones teaching them that. So how do you do that? When a child comes in and they think that what they're saying is more important than anybody talking in the room, we need to say, hold on, sweetie, you're, you're interrupting, you know. Mm-hmm. Wait your turn. Just wait patiently and mommy will make sure you get a turn. And then you as a mommy, make sure they get a turn. Right. Don't just forget that they had something to say. And then this is another thing that can, that can really set your kids up. Even when they're talking, when it's their turn to talk, ask your husband, sweetie, what did you think about what, you know, and give your husband voice to your kids' questions or your kids' conversation. Mm. Don't forget to give your husband 
when a voice to that. So many of us are stealing our husband's voice by answering for them. If a child asks a question, they say, Daddy, you know, and this happened to me. My daughter was like, Daddy, can we have potato chips? And I'm thinking, no, you can't have potato chips. Mommy's over here cooking a healthy dinner. You know, you can't have potato chips. And this child of mine looked at me and said, Mommy, I was talking to Daddy. And because I know she's a black woman, I know she had as much attitude as I would have had, you know, (laughs) when she said that. And the Lord used that in my life to make me realize that I am stealing Ray's voice. Mm. And and what would it have mattered if Mm. they would have had potato chips that day? Right. You know, she would have had potato chips with her daddy, something they could do that's fun. But no, I'm still in his voice and I done cut him off too. Because if he would have come back and said, it's okay if we can have some chips, Robin, I'd be like, I already said no, you know. (laughs) You know what I'm saying, girl? We would have been, it would have been on in that house because he had the audacity to contradict me in front of my children. Right. And so in, in some of those ways that we can do is establish the things that we want our kids to learn even when they are adults. Yeah. And so starting with talking, another thing that would be important is allow your kids to see you love your husband well. Amen. That would mean that you go up You initiate hugs from him. You initiate one of the things that I don't ever let my kids do. And I shouldn't say ever because it's happened. But I usually take the seat right by Ray. Mm -hmm. If it's a family movie, they know that seat by Ray is mine. Mm -hmm. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to intertwine my hand with his. Mm -hmm. Because that's my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I know one day they'll have their own, but this one's mine. Right. And guess what? He's all I get, you know, because right. I made a covenant with him to be with him till my death ends, till my life ends. And so I'm going to let my kids, when we're walking in the park, they can go up ahead of us. We may have two of them on the outside of us, but we're holding hands too. Yeah. You let your kids see intimacy forming. In, in relation with your husband. Mm-hmm. So they get to establish that important thing, even for themselves. Yeah. I got a whole bunch of kids that can't wait till they can, you know, I have three married, well, three, um, no, two, one's getting married October the 9th. It's a Friday night. So I got a wedding next month and Yay. I have three married. But anyway, they can't wait to have their own boyfriend or girlfriend. Right. I want them to want that. Yeah. And that's part of this intimacy that we're establishing. And it's not sexual intimacy. It's just intimacy that we're right. establishing for our kids to be able to understand and know and to also be able to emulate that. Yeah. And there's such a purity in that intimacy, too. I know that, you know, there are moments of times where my daughter is very protective of me. And sometimes when I'm talking with my husband and she'll come and interrupt and daddy will be like, you know, no, that's my wife. That's my girlfriend. You know? That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> And they, need, and they need to understand that. Right. So, and, and those are the things where I talk about, you know, not just sex is not ultimate. Right. Intimacy is ultimate. You initiate intimacy. I write my husband notes and send mm-hmm. him to his job. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to do stuff that 
that says this same fun, crazy woman that you married 32 years ago, she's still in here. Amen. I that's want, right. I want him to know that. And so, you know, that's that <clears throat> that formulates some of the stuff that happens in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Because that crazy old crazy intimate what like he's gotta preach some Sunday mornings and I'll wait till it's right time for him to get out of bed and just say it's time for fun. Okay. <laughs> Have some, you, understand, you understand we are getting boring. We're getting boring because we don't realize how precious this thing called sexual intimacy is. Right. And if you can have something that is this precious, then you also need to make sure you cultivate it Mm. so it remains precious. Amen. That's so good. Well, Robin, we're almost at the end of the show, but is there anything else that you would like to share with other Gems of Mothers out there? I wrote some things down, so let me get to that page. Yes, please. One of the things after, it's been 25 years that Ray and I have been able to be a part of Family Life's marriage ministry. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we say at every conference is your family is the first battle formation that God created. And so as a family, remember that this is your war partner. Mm-hmm. You're on the same team. You are allies. Amen. So establish your marriage so that you're fighting together and not against each other. Second thing that I want to say, your children, your differences, your intimacy will be the things that the enemy of God wants to use against you Mm -hmm. to establish his position on this earth. Mm -hmm. He wants to be king of this world, but God came in and he put all of these little princes and children that he has all around so that we're able to be light in the midst of darkness. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to be the light God has called you to be and not allow the things that are right in your home, your husband, your children, your intimacy, all of these things, don't allow that to divide your family so you can't be light in the midst of this dark world. And finally, this thing called marriage, this thing called intimacy is not played out on this romantic balcony right. and nothing comes out comes against it. You have to fight to maintain a healthy marriage, a health, healthy intimacy, and healthy sex lives. Mm-hmm. You have to fight to do that. So that means you're going to have to make sure that when it's time for sexual intimacy that you set your stage. Don't just come in unprepared and tired. Set your stage, get some rest, do some fun stuff so that this thing is something not only that your husband looks forward to, but that you look forward to it too. And I'm going to tell you, it will pay off in the end. I can guarantee it because the Bible says so. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Robin. That was so many great gem nuggets um, that you shared on the podcast. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Amen. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful being here. Absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.